Hey everyone, welcome back to another Plugged In episode on the CPC Podcast. This Plugged In episode is brought to you by Gravity Student Ministries, the youth ministries of Centerpoint Pentecostal Church. We pray that this episode blesses you and challenges you and gives you the answers that you have been looking for for quite some time. I know that this message is going to be anointed and we know that it's going to bless you. So without any further ado, let's get into today's Plugged In episode. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I'm excited. This is actually the first time I taught a youth class in in about 20 something years. I was going to fix my hair like a young person tonight, but I realized when I looked in the mirror, I didn't have no hair to fix. So anyhow, praise the Lord. We're going to have a great time. I got a thought tonight, today. Actually, I I got this thought about three o'clock this morning. So I've been wrestling. I mean, I mean, hey, I know how important it is. You know, we got to get a word. We we feast from a word. We live from a word, and we grow from the word. It ain't nothing like the word. But in uh, Jeremiah twenty nine is not my verse, but I want Brother Taylor to read this. But first of all, thank you, Brother Jordan. Thank you, Brother Brendan. Thank you, youth class, for having me up tonight. It made me feel. Really special. I wanna, I wanna obey God, and I feel like I have a word for you, young people. We love, you, we love y'all. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we're gonna get Brother Taylor to read that scripture first, and uh, this is for you. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Amen. That's twenty nine and eleven. God has so many great things in store for you as young people. My my scripture today, I'm going to be reading from actually Luke chapter 9 and verse 26. Amen. 9 and 26. Here we go. For whosoever be ashamed of me and my words... Now listen what Jesus is saying here. Of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come into his own glory and in in his Father's there and into the holy angels. Now listen what Jesus is saying right here. He says, for whoever is ashamed of me, I'm also going to be ashamed of him. On that day. Now, you may be seated. Thank you for standing for the Word of God today. Today, I want to just talk just for a few minutes. My voice is going. I woke up Monday morning and Sister Mary was singing, Peace Like a River, because I had no voice. (laughs) So, Sunday night and Sunday morning took my voice away from me, but it's a Holy Ghost group, okay? It's okay, though. But today, just for a little, I mean, tonight or this evening, just for a little while, I want to talk about the joy is greater than the shame. The joy of God is greater than any shame living for the Lord. Remember, it's not, it's not the family that has everything. 
at wins at the end. It's not the family with the big houses, the fine cars, you know, the Lamborghinis, and we all like that kind of stuff. You know, the three-story houses, you know, 1.5, uh, say like the uh, the White House people, you know, 14 million. So, you know, so the world thinks the success of a man is about, is about what he possessed here on earth. But I want you to know that is not about things. Remember, it's not the family that has everything that money could offer them. That is the happiest. The happiest families in our world today are those that has Jesus in their life. And I'm very thankful that I'm talking to a group of people. Some of you have mothers and fathers that comes to church, and I'm very thankful for that, that they love you enough to bring you to church. I believe that no one in this room, no one in our world, I even go that far, is born a loser. In God's eyes, we are all winners. Every one of us. Some are more successful than others, but that don't make us any little or any less than anybody. Amen. We live by our own means, meaning this. Whatever you have, be thankful of it. And thank, thankful for it. And God, I honor that. Always keep a grateful and thankful spirit in your life. The greatest life on earth, I can honestly say, is living for Jesus. There's no greater life. There's nothing, young people, that will ever compare to your relationship with Jesus and your experience of being born again. We got a world that's dying that does, would love to have what you and I have in our hearts and our minds. You got parents, and if you do have parents that lives for Jesus, I want to tell you this. You are blessing people. If you got a mom and dad that brings you to church, you're so blessed that you have a you have family that loves God enough to know that church has to become everything, and that's the reason why they bring you to church, because they know in their life that church is everything, so they want church, and they want to instill that in you as a young person, that church has to become everything. When we come to church, and I love Pentecost Church, because we never know what's going to happen in the service. You know, we may have a knockdown, drag out, bobby pin throwing everywhere around here. Service, you know what I'm saying? And then we may have some old dough uh, uh, service, and we're like, oh my God, like I said last Sunday, let me walk outside to make sure I walked in the right church and make sure this church sign says United Pentecostal Church. So, you know, so every service is different. But the excitement about being Pentecost, of living for Jesus, let me say it this way, is the experience that comes with it. There's nothing in this world will ever compare to an apostolic Pentecostal church. When you walk into a church, you feel God's presence. How many of you ever, I mean, you were, if you weren't raised Pentecostal and you walked into a church for the first time and that was the first time you ever felt God, what an experience. Uh, it's mind-blowing to know that he's so real. Amen, amen. Nothing like it. But I was not as fortunate as some of you guys. My parents did not bring me to church. Actually, we went to church a little while when we were kids, and then after that, we vanished because we lived from check to check. We lived off of welfare. We lived off of food stamps, and that was our lifestyle. 
when the when the rent was up, Brother Caleb, this month, we moved to another place that we would way that my mom and dad wouldn't pay rent, the rent that they owed somebody. We were always moving. We was never stable. We was never in one place no longer than three months. And we were all over our little um world. Our little world, not Washington, DC, not none of that stuff. I'm talking about Port Barry, Appaloosas, Leonville, and Ornerville, Poncaya. Y'all probably say, where in the world that's that? And well, it's not in a foreign country, that's right here in Louisiana. So anyhow, in Washington, you know, in bags and uh we're not bag, not begging for somebody, but bags. Uh, but it's uh, just little towns. And we were from town to town to town to town. And we were very poor people. And to say this, my mom and dad didn't bring me to church. I didn't, I didn't know God. And I never had the opportunity that you guys has. You don't know how blessed you are if you got parents that are in church. I was sin. Our habits brought us in poverty. We never was above nothing in life. There were five boys and we shared one BB gun. Can you imagine? With five boys. And when they wouldn't let me have my turn, guess what happened? The fight was on. <laughs> but we didn't have it like most children has it today. Most young people have it today. You're blessed. No, because God always makes a way. Our sinful lifestyle, even as a child, brought us into places that we never thought we would ever go. Truly, it cost us more money than we had to spend. It took food off our table. Mom smoked, daddy smoked. They wasn't big drinkers, but they wasted their money on the substance of the world. And they never invested in the kingdom of God. We didn't know who Jesus truly was. So sin took everything from us and left us with nothing as children. But I can remember Sister Reagan, I, when I began to have children, when we had Brooke, I made a deal with God. God, if you would bless me, seriously, somehow I'm going to make my way to a church one day. And God heard me and he held me to my word. And then the next thing you know, I said, God, I don't want to raise my children up the way I was raised. But I knew without God, I could never give them everything they really needed. Because let me tell you something, you can have this whole world not have Jesus and truly have nothing. I mean nothing. It's a void. It truly is a void. It's a real void and it hurts. It hurts. When we, and I say this, when you live for God, you know, hey, let me tell you something. Even as young ladies, you dress to dress and you talk to talk and you walk to walk. People look at you and they judge you because of your dresses. They judge you because of your hair. But let me tell you something. The joy is greater than any shame that anyone could ever try to put on your life. Anything. Amen. Amen. The joy of the Lord, living for Jesus is greater than any shame. Let me tell you something. You ought to hold your head up every day and thank God for his grace and mercy and that you have a house and you have parents that loves God. You are truly blessed. You don't know how truly blessed you are. My, my. Hallelujah. Amen. So many of your friends are watching you every day. 
Might be at work, at school. Hey, listen to me. Teenage suicide is out, is everywhere. And let me tell you what they're looking for, what you got. Don't ever be ashamed to talk God's words. Don't ever be ashamed as somebody, you see a friend that's hurting and you see them broken. Don't be ashamed just to grab them by the hand and say, hey, let me pray for you. It can make a difference in somebody's life. It can make a friend a, a, a difference in your, some of your best friend's life. Be that witness that God has called you to be. Don't be ashamed of who you are. I can promise you this. Every friend around you is looking at you. They're watching your lifestyle. They watch how you handle things in situations in life. I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. I had a friend of mine. He was raised Pentecostal. And he's a good friend of mine even to this day. All these years later, that's amazing. Like 40 years later, I still have a friend. That's amazing. <laughs> but anyhow, it's amazing. But I can remember him telling me when he was nine years old, God called him to minister. Not behind a pulpit, but his ministry was to reach the lost, reach the hurting, reach the broken. And in his school, in elementary, wherever, whatever grade he was in, he would even go to the office and when the when the preacher, I often say the pastor, whenever the preacher, the pastor, the the principal was sick, or anyone, the devil don't want me to say this, but anyhow, when the when the principal or the teachers or anyone in that school was sick, you know who they would call on? This nine year old boy. Call him to the office. Hey, bring your bottle home with you. They got somebody that needs prayer. For graduation, he preached graduation. And over 75 of people in that church, in that school received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in the heavenly language in the gym. They're watching you. They desire what you have. They may make fun of you sometimes. They may mock you. But believe me, inside of them, they, they are crying out, God, I wish I could have that. I wish I had the walk. I wish I knew you like they know you. Believe me, they're hurting all around us. And they desire what you have. Your joy living for God is greater than any shame in this world. Believe me. I, I would take what I got. God can take everything from me. Everything. And I mean what I say. He can strip me to nothing. And I have no other choice because he's been so good to me to live for him for the rest of my life. The greatest benefit of living for God is to see my three children come to church. You know, all my children experience Experience the Holy Ghost. They all experience Jesus' name, baptism. I got a couple of them. They like their daddy. They got, some, they got a hard head. God knows how to deal with that, though, don't he? But he knows what to put and who to put in their life. They get their mind back right. And they can be from daddy because daddy's not their pastor. Dad is their daddy. Absolutely. But I tell you this, though. Jesus said it himself. Raise them up, and that's what we did, and that's where you are, and that's why you are here today, because parents loved you enough, even grandparents loved you enough to instill something that's greater than anything in this world, in your life and in your heart, and that was the Word of God. The Word of God, Jesus says, heaven and hell shall pass, but the Word is going to last forever and ever and ever. Do you realize this is still the most powerful thing on earth? 
You, you realize when people real, read this thing, they still get the, uh, the understanding, they still get revelation, and the next thing you know, they come to our Pentecostal churches and they say, hey, I'm tired of going to a dead church. I'm ready to go to something that's alive. And I thank God that Pentecostal churches are alive. I'm thankful that we have something to be alive for. Come on, we got something that's down deep inside. The devil didn't give it to us, so the devil can't take it away from us. We got something that's real, and I'm not ashamed of who I am. I was once lost, yes. I was once, my life was undone. But today I can stand before you young people and say, that used to be. Today, things has changed. I became something, I, hey, I didn't know nothing about, but I'm glad I experienced it. Because it's still the greatest thing I've received in life since I've been living. But go back to parents. Let me tell you something, parents. Until you're old enough to leave home, they're going to always be your parents. And even when you leave home. But they are your rulers. They rule your roof. They cook your meals. They send you to school. They bring you to church. They buy your clothes. They take care of you all your younger life. And the only thing God expects is for you to respect your parents. Don't ever be ashamed of them wanting you to come to church. Don't ever be ashamed. Hey, if you got buddies home from school, hey, man, I don't know about you, but uh, on Wednesdays we go to church, so you got two things you can do. You can call your mama to pick you up, or you can come to church with me. <laughs> I love it because, like, I'm telling you, me and Jared was in Houston, Texas one day, and, and uh, we had one of our friends we've been known for years and years and years. And back there, they got some bad clubs. I mean, in Houston, they got some real bad clubs that grown-ups don't need to go to, but sin leads them there, okay? So uh, anyhow, we're sitting down at the dinner table, and um, our friend, he's, a, he's fired up. He's got a lot of money, you know, he's a young boy. But he made a lot of money in his life. The dad was multi-millionaire, but he was just a just a good boy, overall good guy. And we're sitting down at the dinner table, and um, he made a statement. He said, "Hey, Jared," he said, "Oh, after lunch, let's me, you, and your daddy go to some of these clubs over here in Houston." Jared said, "Dude, my dad's a preacher." <laughs> he said, well, I sure didn't know your dad was a preacher. I said, well, I'm sorry, but I am. <laughs> Maybe I wasn't being that witness. Uh, right, but anyhow. So anyhow, I said, yeah, I'm a preacher. He says, um, well, you know, I wasn't that quiet, but anyhow. <laughs> he says, um, what kind of preacher are you? What, uh, on what faith? I said, uh, Pentecostal. He said, Pentecostal? Why Pentecostal? They're the hardest religion, I said. Why not Pentecostal? <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, it's amazing though because people don't know who we are truly because they never experienced what we experienced. So we're not to knock them or condemn them. Right. We are just to stay loving on them. But I tell you what God did that day. He opened an opportunity for me to witness to this guy. Not that Jared wanted me to because Jared wasn't in church at that time. It was like, he ready to go to the club, okay? But anyhow... So anyhow, I read that day. They didn't go to the club. The little boy went uh, to his motel. And me and Jared went to ours. But he went to that room thinking, because I did not hold nothing back. Because you know why? What if that was, this was the last time he would have ever heard anything about God? Seriously, you know how many people are slipping right now from earth to hell? Because we are holding our peace when we had the answers. You know, we hate, to, we hate to think about that. But seriously, there's no three 
there's only two places we go. Purgatory, there's purgatory, 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 purgatory. <laughs> it's a new word. Hey, put that in the dictionary, okay? But anyhow, <laughs> but there's no such thing. It's none. It's either heaven or hell. And, and you know, but we are, we are the life route for these people. And that's what I felt that day, Brother Caleb. I, if I wouldn't have witnessed him, what if that boy would have took his last breath and he would have faced Jesus with a preacher sitting at the table with him that had a prime opportunity because here he asks me, what religion are you? And let me tell you something. I am not ashamed. Hey, listen to me. If I live for the devil with everything that was within me, why can't we live for God with everything that's within us? Seriously. Hey, no, for real. And, and it, let me tell you something. They, they're waiting for an answer. That's why Jesus says when they ask for as a question, we got to have an answer prepared. Have an answer. And if you don't have it, be woman enough about it or man enough about it and says, I don't have the, the correct answer, but I'm going to go to my youth pastor and see if he can give me the correct answer. But I will come back next week and give you the answer. But also give them an answer because they deserve it. They wouldn't be asking you a question unless they was wanting an answer. And let me tell you something. This word, you, you can't go wrong. You cannot, you will never mislead anyone by the word. The word is, is true. It's been tested. It's been tried. And it's still the greatest thing left on earth. Amen. The word of God. Nothing like it. Okay, let's move on. Okay. I just, it's just some little notes I wrote. I mean, I just, uh, anyhow, thank you again. Thank you all again for allowing me to come. <clears throat> okay, let me get my thoughts right here. I can't even read my own writing. You know, that's bad. <laughs> hey, and if y'all y'all laugh about that, but I can promise this, you this, I ain't got to worry about neither one of you stealing my notes because you won't be able to read them either. <laughs> 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 but look, seriously, overall, living for God, being committed to God, is the greatest thing that you can ever do in life. Let me tell you who's the most miserable people on earth today. It ain't the sinner. It ain't the drunk. It's not the alcoholic. It's none of those guys that are the miserable people on earth today. You know why? They're seeking, trying to find what works. And nothing does in this world won't. Nothing in this world will work. So they're going to continue to seek that stuff. And everything they seek, it may, it may feel good for a minute, a little while, but it's going to get old. Hey, we've got to move on. And they're going to keep seeking until they try to find which suits them, but it won't, or heals them or fills them, but nothing as well will do. That's why Jesus says sin is, is just, pleasure of sin is just for a little while. It's a little bitty, it's little, little, little. You know, it's so short, you can't even um, uh, time it on the clock. That's how short it is. It's just never, nothing in this world is satisfying. But let me tell you who the most miserable people on earth today is, is those that straddles the fence. Well, 
I'm going to be in church because I'm in church on Sundays. But on Monday mornings, we're no longer in church. We're around our worldly friends, and we're not only acting like them now, we're also talking like them. And the next thing you know, we're going to be dressing like them. And the next thing you know, we're going to be doing the things they do. That's the most miserable people on earth. Those that are not truly committed to God. And that's in the reason why is this. If you're not committed to God, you're not going to be committed to nothing or no one. My relationship with Sister Mary being committed to God has, gave, it has bonded us. It put, it put a love between us that we never had before. It's because we were committed to God. And, you, and to be committed to God, you're going to always want to do the things of God. You're going to always want to make God smile. You're going to make him want to look down on you and be happy with everything you do. Not that we always do. Now, we all we mess up. We all make mistakes, but that ain't what I'm saying. Seven times get up, God gives us mercy every time we fall. And he gives us the power to get back up. Don't stay down just because you messed up or you made a mistake. Hey, just put that stuff behind you and say, hey, man, I'm human. I'm human. Yes. Yes. We're going to all make mistakes. Every one of you. I can remember Brother Jordan several years ago, and it's been many years ago, probably 15 years ago, I was at my lot and I was, I was talking to somebody, Sister Kelly, telling them about the Holy Ghost. Man, I was fired up. I was jumping like a little Mexican junk, jumping bean. You know, I'm probably some of you say, yeah, right. But no, for real. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so excited about the word. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a word came out of my mouth. I'm like, where that came from? <laughs> Not a real bad word, but a word that I don't normally use. You know what I did? I made a mistake. I let something come out that shouldn't have came out. You know why it came out? Because it was somewhere hidden in here. I didn't want to. I must have not dealt with that thing good enough. So after my people left and I asked for forgiveness, I didn't say a real bit. Don't get say I didn't say the bomb word and that stuff like that. But I I said a word that I normally don't use. So anyhow, I get in my office. I ask God for forgiveness and say, God, was ever in there? You got to take it out of me because this is just not me. And God did. So we all make mistakes. We say the wrong things. We do the wrong things. But listen, don't stay down because God gives us the power to get right back up. He gives, hey, he gives us something to carry on for. And that's the Holy Ghost making a difference, being a difference in other people's lives, no doubt. So let me go on. And I know I don't want to put you guys to sleep in here, but, uh, and I'm going to try not to. Hey, amen. I've just felt like, I just felt like, hey, the joy of the Lord is greater than any shame. In any one of our lives. That's what keeps me living for the Lord. Is the joy that he has given me. I've never had this. I never ever had completion in my life. I was always so incompleted. In my whole life. You know nothing was stable. Nothing was ever real. Until I got the Holy Ghost. Nothing would ever stay with me. Not even my friends. You know come hang out with me a little while later. Next thing you know they got one. Where they went. <laughs> you know, I can even buy friends, okay? But anyhow, man, now, but I didn't realize, I didn't realize that uh, to be, to have friends, you got to just present yourself friendly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
I mean, I wasn't looking at you, but anyhow, but seriously, no, but seriously, and you know what happens, my oldest girl had trouble with that when she was a kid, she says, daddy, I have no friends, I said, will you try being nice sometimes? <laughs> no, seriously, do you always, do you wear a smile, or are you always frowning? It makes a difference, but Jesus has to, to have friends, present yourself, make yourself friendly, and now I got more friends than I need. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but when you weigh out God's joy and shame, joy always outweighs any shame. Okay, I'll end this with a story for you, a true story. I love stories. How many of you love stories? I'm, a, I'm not the best storyteller. But I do like telling stories. And this is not a story. Oh, he's storying. You know them people say that? No, in South Carolina, you know, you're, oh, boy, you're telling a fib or something like that. But this is not a fib. This is a real deal. Okay. And, um, you know, not everybody, not every church preaches the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Not everybody um, preaches Jesus' name baptism. So we got a whole world around us where actually we've got 2,000 different denominations in our world that teaches the opposite of what we believe. And that's the reason why so many people go into church on Sundays as a, um, as a sinner and they leave as a sinner. Because there's, no there's never ever an experience with God so change can't take place. So, and it's all around us. But this young lady, she was 15 years old. Whatever class that is, I'm so far out of school. I don't even know what grade. I don't know how old you are and what grade. I thought 15 years old. Now you're in the second grade. No, but anyhow, that was me. <laughs> hey, y'all, seriously, you know, I didn't really realize how ADD I really was until I got a report card. A D D D D D. So anyhow, <laughs> so anyhow. <laughs> Don't feel bad, just try harder. <laughs> Pray, God will make a difference. So anyhow, she was about 15 years old, and she had a little friend of hers. I think she was a year older than her, and her name was Sandy. And Sandy was um, belonged to a different denominational church, and, and her friend, her best friend that witnessed her, belonged to a one God apostolic church. But they went to a little small church. It was a little small church about two miles from their house, and they, they all the few that they had went to that little white church down the road. And uh, Sandy was mess messed up. Sandy's um, parents would go to church on Sundays, and that was it. Sunday mornings was their church service. But Sandy really didn't understand how cruel sin and how cruel this world really was. And Sandy found, her places, found herself in places that she didn't desire to be. Sandy, at the age of 16, why not pregnant? At the age of 16, out of wedlock for a boy she wasn't even in love with. But Sandy's life was messed up from being pregnant, also from drugs. She started doing drugs. She started smoking dope. Next thing you know, Sandy started drinking beer, started partying with all the adult people. She didn't want to hang out with people her age anymore because she thought she was too big. So Sandy wind up going and hanging out with the big guys. Next thing you know, Sandy's life is in a total wreck. But her little friend at school told Sandy, Sandy, I know you're struggling and I know you're hurting. Can I pray for you? So Sandy said, hey, I ain't got nothing to lose. And she said, well, what kind of church you go to, Sandy? And she tells him. She said, well, what kind of church you go to? And the little girl says, I go to a 
one God, Apostolic Church. God's filled me with the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. My sins have been remitted and been washed away. And Sandy, something clicked in Sandy's little mind. Sandy said, really? So tell me about this Holy Ghost. And her little friend begins to tell her when she was at the altar praying. And the next thing you know, God fills her with the Holy Ghost. And she begins to speak in tongues. And from that moment on, she's been changed into where she was that day. And so just curiosity. And then her wheels begin to turn. Now this is high school now. She made a difference in her high school with Sandy's life. You see, Sandy was a very abused child, not just from the world, but also at home. Sandy was beat up and everything else, and from dad and mom. So she didn't have a stable home. She didn't have a stable life. So what Sandy was truly looking for was love in all the wrong places. She looked for it in friends. She couldn't find it. She looked for it in her parents. She couldn't find it. She looked for it in the church she was going to and could not find it. That's the world we live in. They're hurting all around us. Everywhere you go, people are hurting. So anyhow, Sandy knew what the church was. Sandy went home one day after school, went to bed. She knew church started at 7 o'clock. She slipped out the window of her house and straight to church she went. She went to the little one God apostolic church. She gets in the church, she meets a friend. And her friend and her sits in the middle of the church. And during the service, tears begin to roll down Sandy's face. Sandy makes her way to the altar. God fills Sandy with the Holy Ghost. Sandy began to speak in tongues. Sandy began to have a joy that she never had before. She began to have a peace about herself that she never had before. Sandy says, finally, I found what I've been looking for. You can't find it in religion. You can't find it in mom and dad. You can't find it in the things of the world. The only way you're going to find true living is in Jesus, is in the house of God. And don't ever substitute Jesus for nothing in this world because nothing in this world is going to do nothing but hurt you and destroy you. And that's the tricks of the enemy. It's his traps. It's what he does for each and every one of us. He sets them out there when he's waiting for us to fall into them. So be careful and, and just live right. Just live for Jesus is the greatest thing you can do. So Sandy gets the Holy Ghost. And as Sandy begins to speak in tongues, man, she felt the joy. She felt the peace. She felt everything that God promises with the Holy Ghost. Sandy begins to seek God and begin to love God. And her little friends are teaching her a Bible study at school. And she says, Sandy, if you think you feel good now, wait till you get baptized. Because every sin you committed as a child, when you are baptized in the name of Jesus, all your sins are going to be washed away. She says, well, when can I get baptized? She says, you probably can get baptized tonight because it was in a little revival. She said, you think I can get baptized tonight? Sure enough. Sandy goes home. She couldn't tell her dad and mom that she was going to an apostolic Pentecostal church because they already had a religion. They already had a church day for members to. That would have been an insult to mom and dad. Sandy was scared for her life because she knew it was what dad believed in. It was what mom believed in because they can do anything they were big enough to do and get away with it. That's the world we live in. They don't want Jesus. Where Jesus is, there's change. They want religion because religion would suit their sin and it, was, it would make them feel good about who they are and what they can do and what they cannot do. But most of the cannots is not even written for them to even follow because you can do anything you're big enough to do as long as you don't get caught. That's the religion they have to offer people. So Sandy said, okay, tonight. So sure enough, her friend calls the pastor and says, hey, Sandy wants to get baptized. And I said, Sandy's sitting in church and um. Uh, Sure enough, the preacher says, Sandy, if you think the Holy Ghost was good, he makes the same statement. And he said, if you think the Holy Ghost was good, you just wait till you get baptized. 
She said, well, where's the baptistry? And he pointed behind, like every church, behind the pulpit. And she runs. And she jumps in the water. <laughs> and pastor baptizes her. And she comes up again speaking in tongues. She goes home at 9.30. She makes her way home. And dad noticed that Sandy was not in her room. So dad realized Sandy's not here, but I'm just going to sit in this little room because she's got to come home sometimes tonight. Sure enough, Sandy walks in the room and, and um, into the living room and Sandy's hair is soaking wet. Dad looks at Sandy and says, Sandy, where have you been? Did you sneak out of this house tonight? Yes, sir. Well, where have you been? Well, Daddy, you know what? I really got something now. I'm really changed. What do you mean, Sandy? What do you mean you changed? He said, you know the little white apostolic church on the road? Last night, God got filled me with the Holy Ghost. Tonight, I got baptized in Jesus' name. And as Sandy began to tell her father what God did, he got mad. He was so mad. He pulls his belt off. He said, Sandy, I want you in your room right now. Ain't nothing but a bunch of fanatics. It's all a mind moving thing and ain't nothing real about this you hear me and brings sandy in the room and beats her and says you better not never go to that church again and now this goes on for two weeks two weeks every time she would jump out that window she'd come to church dad was in that living room with a belt in his hand and every time sandy walked in that door he would whip her two weeks big beat to just about every inch of sandy's life and and, and she got beat so bad to where she was sitting in the middle of the church with her friend. She could no longer sit in her chair because her rear end was blistered. It was cut up from dad's belt. And so she would stand up in the middle of that church and every time there was prayer, she would raise her hands and say, pray for my family. Pray for my dad, pray for my mom. I don't understand what's going on with them. Act like I caused or committed some kind of crime coming to this church. She stayed faithful. She stayed going to church. For two weeks, dad beat just about it. Beat Sandy, like I said, from every inch of her life, Brother Brennan. And he beat her. He, she would walk in the, into the living room and the only thing he'd do was point his finger. And she would go to her room and lay on her bed. And he would beat her. I'm telling you a real story that not happened that long ago. And he would beat her. And he would beat her. The last... Revival, the last night of the revival. Sandy was in a room the second to the last night of the revival. I want to get it correct. He points his finger to the room. Sandy goes and lays down. She has to lay down face for her behind as well. I'm beaten, being beat and beat. When she lays on her stomach, she heard her father open that door. She don't look up. She hears two grown-ups crying. It's her mom and her dad are crying. And they're saying, Sandy, I don't know how you're going to ever forgive us. I have beat you and beat you and beat you. And I just can't get it out of your mind. I can't get it out of your life. She said, but Daddy, you don't understand. This is what I've been looking for. I never experienced something so real in my whole life. I cannot just give it up. And he's crying and mama's crying and he looks at Sandy and says, Sandy, I hate to even ask you this, but do you think it would be okay if mama 
Dad would go to church with you tomorrow night. And she said, Dad, I would love for y'all to come. Sure enough, church started start, church start started up and here was Sandy standing up, mom on the right, dad on the left, and mom and dad was sitting down and Sandy was standing up and and dad, the service was going on, the music started and the presence of the Lord swept in there. And the next thing you know, dad began to cry uncontrollable. Mom began to cry uncontrollable. And he grabbed Sandy by the hand. He said, Sandy, I don't know nothing about Pentecost, but do you think it would be okay if I could go up and pray right now? And mom said the same thing. And they said before mom and dad got to the altar, they went up there with their hands lifted up. God filled mom and dad with the Holy Ghost. And they both, both began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. But Brother Caleb, her joy was greater than any shame. She knew what she got that day was the realest thing she ever connected to. Don't let nothing in this world take away what God has given to each and every one of you. You got something that's valuable. You got something that the world is dying for. I don't care how bad it looks, how bad it gets. I don't care what they do to you. Just look up and know, my God, I've been born again. I've been saved. I've been sanctified. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm full of Jesus. Hey, so what? I got the greatest thing. I got the greatest thing here on, that, they, that anybody has to offer. And nothing can touch us like Jesus can. Let's stand. Praise the Lord. Your joy is greater than any shame. Don't trade yourself, your relationship, or your soul for nothing in this world. Because I'm going to tell you as your pastor, it's not worth it. On behalf of Gravity Student Ministries, thank you so much for checking out today's Plugged In episode. If you're ever in the Centerpoint, Louisiana area and you want to come check out one of our services in person, we have them every Wednesday night, 7.05 p.m. in the Upstairs Youth Sanctuary at Centerpoint Pentecostal Church. We would love to have you be a part of us. In the meantime, though, hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll see you on the next Plugged In episode. See you later.